where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to The Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to prognosticate. We're going to look into the future and think 25 years from now. Now, this episode could be a political episode as well. Like, what is this country going to look like in 25 years? Will you be in camps? Will we be the USSA? But today we're going to talk about intersexual dynamics, and I want you to think, you young men, what is your marriage going to be like in 25 years? Let's start with the Einstein quote. A man marries a woman and spends the rest of the marriage wondering what happened to that woman. A woman marries a man and spends the rest of the marriage trying to change him into the man she wants him to be. Both are inevitably disappointed. That is the Einstein quote. So we're going to focus on the first one. And this episode really is for you young men. It's not really for for men who are 50, who are going to marry a 50-year-old because they already have the result or the product of your woman 25 years from now. This is for the young men, the men, the novitiates, the the newborn purple pill or the the men who say they're red pill but they're one wink away from the plantation. And you're out ostensibly trying to purge your relationship thirst, but you're still dating, you're on Tinder, Bumble, whatever. You're meeting women at the bar. Those of you who are live in free states that have bars that are open. But you're at the bar, you meet this girl, and, and she seems to have everything that you want. She's 25. Let's say you're the same age. And she's young, and she's pretty, and she's sweet, and she's banging you, at least by the third date. And she loves everything that you love. And you're like, this is the perfect woman. At that point, you're dick-napped. And she makes sure that you're continually getting dick-napped by writing you all the time. You're discombobulated. You're not thinking straight. You're whirlwind dating. You're dating six months. Everything seems perfect. And then the idea of marriage comes up. Now, look, the idea of marriage can come up from you because you're so de-napped. And even though you're red pill and you know the stats, you're like, whoa, well, you know, what would it be like to be married? Or, you know, sometimes it's even something a little more oblique. Like, have you ever thought about kid names? You know, lots of times when the man or the woman brings up marriage, it's never like, so you ever think about getting married? Some women do, especially with their biological clocks ticking. But lots of times it's just like, oh, you know, do you ever wonder like, like what you're, what, where you're going to be in the future? Or do you ever think about like what you want your wife to be or da, 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 da. Either way, so if you bring it up or she brings it up, you're looking at this dove, this ingenue, this sweet girl, and you're thinking on one level. And certainly blue pill men will think this, but even the purple pill or the red pill men who are one week away from the plantation, that this woman's going to stay like this forever. And and most men who are 25 are young, dumb, and full of you-know-what. They just don't know any better. Even at 25, certainly like 18. I mean, God, how stupid are men at 18? 
But at 25, even then, because you you want to be in love. We are wired to complement each other. Men and women are meant to be together. It's not good for men to be alone, as God said. And so you might know the statistics on divorce. You might know that the law enforcement and the court systems are against you. know family laws against you. You might know these. Even you might be a, a smart red pill novitiate, but she's got those curves. She's got that laugh. She's got, most importantly, the golden pea. And so you start to rationalize. And you're like, let's get married. Yay. And then she loves it. You love it. You get married. Now, the problem is none of you 25-year-olds are signing a prenup, mostly because you don't have any money. And also you think this is going to last forever. But you need to think, with your head and not with your loins and understand what is she going to be like in 25 years? The large majority of women. Now there are unicorns and in 25 years, she could be a great, righteous, virtuous, respectful, obedient woman. But the typical woman of America at 25 has been riding a lot of, you know, what's she's a moral relativist. She's a postmodernist in her thinking, even though she doesn't even know what that term postmodernist means. She's totally bought into radical feminism and sex positive movement. And it's a shame that when men, when a man meets a woman at a bar or at a club or at wherever on Bumble, if there was some sort of camcorder that the woman and the man, but certainly the woman in this case, has to give the man on the first date and you could like play it. And it shows like a highlight of her last seven years since high school, like 18 to 25, like very fast. Kind of like, you know, they say when you die that, that you can see your whole life flash in front of your, your eyes. Kind of the same thing. So you can see all the men she's been with, all the partying, all the boozing, all the drug use, all the thoughtery, all this. But you can't, right? So what you see is what you get, and you see a lot of virtue signaling mixed with a lot of Captain Savaho impulse from you. So you need to think 25 years from now, what is this woman going to be like at 50, 50, or whatever? Let's say you meet her at 30, 55. First of all, let's look at the looks. More often than not, she ain't going to have the figure that she has now. And look, we are the most obese we've ever been in human history. So your little 25-year-old cutie might already be a little overweight, 15, 20 pounds overweight. Do you think that's going to go away in 25 years? No, it's going to be even worse, especially after she squeezes out some puppies, like Bender says in The Breakfast Club to Claire. You're going to go wah, wah, and she's going to get more overweight. That supple skin, 50 years old, ain't going to be supple. The wrinkles, the breasts are going to be shoegazers. And this is why I tell you men, if you're going to marry, marry women with small breasts. Because a lot of you like the Scarlett Johansson type. And let me tell you, short women who are curvy end up being fat women. Much fatter than if you were to, to marry a 5'9 woman or a 5'10 woman. Because she's just got a bigger frame where she can distribute her weight. But you guys who like the Scarlett Johansson type because you watch too much Marvel... Those types of women, the short ones, the Hayden Panettieri's, these women are going to get fat really fast because they're short. And then all you guys are like the porn big boobs that are like like legitimately big, not like implant enhanced big boobs. 
all those are going to start swinging to the point where she's 50 and she lies on her back. Her boobs are going to stretch to the side laterally and touch the bed. You might have seen your grandma, right? You've seen your grandma's breasts. So physically, she likely is going to be, just statistically, and again, we're using vast generalizations. Statistically, she's likely going to be fat and unattractive. Her, her, the bloom of her youth certainly is going to be gone at 50, and she's going to be menopausal. So when they become menopausal, they lose estrogen and progesterone, which are the two hormones that made them look very feminine. Now, there are exceptions. You might have a 50-year-old who ages well, like Julianne Moore or um, Nicole Kidman, Amy Adams, these types, but more often than not, she's going to be fat and old. All right, speaking of menopause, let's talk about the sex. So she's banging you a lot with the sex early on because that's the tool that women use to inveigle a man. Subconsciously, consciously, this is how they get a man. It's a lot of sex. And look, I mean, to your credit, this is how women get P-napped too. You're banging her, you're banging her well, you're giving her a lot of the big O's. She loses her senses too. So she might marry a man who's a Chad or a Tyrone who doesn't make a lot of money because you're so good in bed. The sex is going to go away. And there's a lot of reasons for this. I mean, obviously at the beginning, there's a lot of competition anxiety in her mind. She doesn't know what you're doing. So one of the biggest aphrodisiacs in a woman's mind is the, the unknown, the mystery of the unknown. So a lot of PUA men will tell you, you never text a woman at night. You certainly don't text a woman over the weekend nights because you want her to think that you're banging other women, that you're with other women. It's mystery. If you're always available and you're always texting her, then she knows that you're always thinking about her. But certainly with marriage, there's the implicit idea that your only recourse and outlet for sex is her. So beforehand, when you're dating, there's this fear of your plate spinning. Go to the video or go to the episode on plate spinning. And so she needs to compete with other women. So she's going to be giving you more sex. Plus, she's in love with you, falling in love with you. And plus, she might like sex. But once you marry, familiarity breeds contempt. And sex is more of just a means. And early on, it's going to be a means to have children. And a lot of women, not all, but a lot of women, once they have one or two kids, that's it. They just don't have sex as often. Because they got what they wanted. Now, the cynic will say they got what they wanted. So when they divorce you, because women initiate divorce 75% of the time, 90% if they're college educated, they can get that big 25 to 30% chunk of your salary because now the kids, they women breed, they profit. Men, sire, they lose money. But the sex is going to go away. Sometimes it's because they no longer respect you. And women... Only really want to have sex with men they still respect. Or sometimes it's you've lost your masculinity. You're one of those beta simp sensitive men. She doesn't want that. Or you're failing all the shit tests. Go to the episode on the shit tests. But either way, the sex is going to diminish. The sex never goes up. Exceedingly rare, it's going to go more frequent. And we have that episode. If you go around episode 200, sex frequency in marriages, right? Break it down. So the average couple in their 20s has sex twice a week. In the 30s, it's 1.5, and in the 40s, it's one to once a week, and then above 40, it's you're essentially in a sexless marriage. So we just had an episode on why marriages go sexless, but understand, marriages mostly go sexless because the woman decides that. Yeah, she's going to be fat and ugly, but you still want to have sex because you're a man and you want sex, even if she's not as attractive, but she's the one who's going to pull away, and she'll give you a lot of gaslighting reasons why you guys aren't having sex, but the sex is going to go away, and ultimately... 
the sex is going to go away completely because she's going to hit menopause. And unless she's doing bioidentical hormones, like we talked about at my sister channel, the female holistic health apothecary, you're definitely not going to be getting a lot of sex when she's 50 and 60. So think 25 years from now. The sex that you're getting daily or even twice a day and she's doing all these crazy positions, that is likely going to change when she's 50. Absolutely. What else? These are the two most important things, right? How she's going to look and is she banging you? But the other things you need to think about, when you're dating somebody, they can hide very easily their cluster B tendencies, their, their, their borderline personality disorder. In particular, women have a lot more borderline. They can be hiding it. They can be hiding all of that. They can be hiding all their mental health problems, their OCD, their bipolar, their schizophrenic. No, schizophrenia is pretty rare, but they have a lot of anxiety. They could be on tons of anxiolytic drugs, like the episode we did on the dangers of the benzos. They could be hiding this from you when you're dating. Even when you're 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 talking about marriage, you don't know what's in her medicine cabinet lots of times. And if she's smart, she knows, oh, I have borderline. Um, he might not want to know. I can't tell you how many men I know who they didn't find out their woman was sexually abused as a child or physically abused as a child until after they were married. She tells them after they were married. Why is she going to tell them beforehand? Because she knows he might leave. How selfish is that? Or she tells them after they're married, oh, by the way, I suffer from OCD. Oh, I suffer from, you know, fill in the blank or some, some mental health problem. So at the beginning, you're, you're getting the chameleon. They're hiding their tendencies as best as they can. Now, if you discern well and you vet well, you might pick up on it and you ask them directly. Like when I used to date, I'd ask a woman straight out, have you been sexually abused as a child? I want to know. And they could lie, of course, but lots of times you can tell when they're lying. And I'm just straight out. I just straight out ask. You're dealing with the mental health stuff all through the marriage. So it could be, you know, depending on what the mental health problem is, raging, suicidal ideation, raging, a lot of raging, raging, depression, a lot of crying, throw-in births and postpartum, you know, the, the mood swings are crazy. So you're dealing with that. You're dealing with addictions. She could have been an alcoholic. Maybe she likes to party and drink. She's hiding it quite a bit at the beginning. Or you're so denapped that you think it's fun to be with somebody who drinks. Because maybe you're like that too. Maybe you're the type who needs to get have two, three drinks every night. And she's the same way and you think it's cool. And you don't see that as a red flag. Going back to to emotional, like a lot of men sometimes like the, the fiery Latina, so to speak, when they're young. And she's like yelling and you're yelling and you're fighting and then you have great makeup sex and it, yeah, you think that's great early on, or you see how she scorched and burns her friends or her colleagues, and you think, oh, that's so sexy. And then you don't realize that's going to turn on you, and then you're dealing with that one day. But with the addictions, lots of times you have the same addictions, or she just hides it well, and then boom, once you're married, plus all the stresses of having children and fighting about money and all these things, those addictions come full born. She's drinking every night. Can't tell you how many men I know that, right? We, so we have that joke. Xanax and red wine are next to her salt and pepper shikers. I mean, how common are women drinking every day? And they'll say, oh, you caused me to drink. No. Take accountability. Or they're shopping addicts. So you're dealing with the addictions 25 years later. You're thinking you're dealing with the nagging. I mean, this is notorious. Women nag. Women hempeck. You're dealing with that. Every day. You didn't clean the garage. You didn't do this. I told you to do this. I went you to go to the grocery store and get me cheese from this brand. And you get whatever other cheese brand because it's on sale. And you come back. She's like, I didn't want this. I told you to get this brand. Go back. 
when so many hand-picked men do it instead of saying, you want to go get the cheese, you go freaking get it. But you're dealing with constant nagging. You're not thinking about that when you're 25, when, when, when you're 50, when she's 50. The value's chameleon. So you meet her, and if she thinks you're a cat, she's going to mimic your values. Oh, you're a libertarian? I'm a libertarian. Oh, you're a Christian? I'm a Christian too. Oh, you like you like the eagles and you like Journey? I love eagles and Journey. And you're like, oh my God, I met the perfect woman. We have the same taste in music. She's just as religious as I am. We go to the same type of church. She believes in vaccines, you know, whatever it is. Oh my God. Lots of times women do that because they want to get the highest envy man. Remember, most women don't stand for any values. They don't. They won't die for any values. They mimic and morph. Think of the Runaway Bride by Julia Roberts. So now you're married. She got you locked in. Then her true values come out. You know, I kind of like Biden. I like Biden's idea of minimum wage. And you're like a libertarian. You thought she was a libertarian. You're like, what? Now you're starting to fight about politics because now she doesn't have to agree with you all the time. See, women at the beginning of a relationship, if they think you're high SMV, will either not respond to your political pontifications or they'll agree. But once you're in the marriage, plus they start realizing that you're not what they thought you were going to be. Because remember, women project qualities into the man that they, they, they want the man to be. And then when they realize that you don't have them either because you never had them or she just projected them completely into you, she's going to get disillusioned. And this is one of the reasons why when she's disillusioned, she starts to nag, she pulls away the sex, the addictions start coming out. But that's not your fault. See, she was projecting those qualities into you and you could have told her when you got married, I don't have these qualities. But men are pretty honest with their values. Like, yeah, I'm a libertarian. You, you say it straight out like on the first or second date or I'm, I'm pro-life, you know, whatever it is, whatever values we're talking about. Women don't have really values. They just morph. Either way, so now she's 50. You're dealing with a fat woman who's not putting out, who nags you, who has addictions and codependence, who might rage at you, who might overspend your money because we know that's a dynamic. You make 80% of the total income at least, but she's outlaying or spending the majority of that money because men are pretty good with money. Women we know make up the majority of consumer debt and student loan debt. So she's spending your money because she ain't writing those checks, right? You are the, quote, breadwinner, close quote, which was really the plow horse or the human ATM machine, as we say in the red pill world. So she's going to keep spending. So you're dealing with somebody who's overspending. She's buying a bunch of crap in the house that you don't need. That's what you're getting when she's 50. So men, in closing, you got you to gotta see through the mist, the shroud. You don't see it at that time. But you, when you're 25, 24, whatever age you're meeting this woman, think 25 years from now. Chances are she's not going to be a lot of those things in 25 years. Certainly the looks and certainly the sex. Now, look. There are exceptions. There are unicorns. You can meet a woman who in 25 years has the exact same values as you do. You guys line up. And I always tell you, find the unicorns in the trad cath, trad orth, trad Mormon, trad Jew world. Because their values, you can kind of verify. Because when you meet them, they're going to daily church. They're doing daily prayer. And that's not to say they're always going to stay religious. But again, you have a better chance. So those women's values will stay. Find a woman who has natural beauty, good facial symmetry. So when she's 50, she's still going to be beautiful. I mean, she's not going to be as beautiful as she was when she's 25. She'll have some wrinkles, but they might age well. Find tall women. Again, tall women typically aren't going to get fat. Find women who are active. 
So if they're like active runners when they're 25, chances are because they're just the way they're wired and built and they're maybe exercise addicts, they'll still be exercising at 50 and therefore they're going to be relatively good looking for their age at 50. But with a lot of the, 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 the bait and switch stuff, like the personality, the raging, the mood swings, a lot of those you're going to have to take for face value. And this is why we always talk about the only way you know if you really marry the, the unicorn or found the unicorn is by marrying them. Because at the beginning, they're just telling you and showing you what they want to show. But you really won't know the real Debbie until you marry. And at that point, it's a gamble. You might have picked a good woman, especially if you're high SMV and you have good discernment, you have good values, and you, you maintain frame. Uh, you might end up with a good woman. Look, there are people who have successful marriages. I've never den never denied that. So you might get lucky and find a woman who ages well, who still gives you sex on occasion. And look, when you're 50, you're probably not going to want as much sex as when you were 25, but I'm almost 50 and I want to have sex every day. But I'm chaste. But you might find a woman who still wants to have sex. You might find a woman who treats you with respect and, and has values and morals and ethics and humor and wit and you have a lot of things in common and your values still line up and how you want to raise your kids, the values line up and she ages well and you can find that maybe. But ultimately, it's a risk whether or not you're going to find that or not. And a lot of MGTOW men are like, no, too many women have been infected by radical feminism, either latently or by their own volition. And they're like, no, I'm out. And I respect that completely. But then you're going to have to be a monk. You can't be fornicating. You can't be pumping and dumping. We've talked about this many times. That's fornication. That's wrong. That's going to lead you to hell. And then other men are like, yeah, I do want to find a woman. I just bemoan and lament the fact that there's so many women out there who are trash. I understand that. So purge the relationship thirst. Understand that you're the catch. If you want to date, date, and just use the red flags. You know, there's courses out there that you can buy, 30 red flags. Uh, you must know before you marry somebody. And use those courses to kind of guide you. Use your prayer life to kind of guide you. And then ultimately, it's a crapshoot. It's a crapshoot. You're negotiating and walking a minefield. That's a crapshoot. You might find a good woman, but you might not. Ultimately, that's your choice. Guys, the website's Naturopathic Earth. Go check out all the articles that we have there. If you appreciate my content, please post an honest review right now. It only takes you two seconds. You don't have to write anything. If you do write something, I actually read it in the next episode. We have two links in the episode notes, one for PayPal. So if you want to donate some money, I would appreciate it to help defray the cost of the website and the podcast channels. Also, there's a link for Naturopathic Earth, um, the main website. So if you click on that, it takes you to those articles that we have there. And also you can buy my books. And on the right side of the homepage, you'll see my two books, Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. Where I talk about how I lost over 100 pounds and kept it off for 30 years. Confessions of an obese child talks about my childhood trauma. And if you click on those two books on the homepage, it takes you to Amazon. And then anything you buy on Amazon, I get a 2% commission, no expense to you. So we're Amazon affiliates. So just if you want to buy something on Amazon, I appreciate it if you can go through those links. And then uh, I get 2% of whatever you spend. Also, if you want some one-on-one -on -one help, counseling from the Red Pill perspective or weight loss or getting toxins out of your life, Go to clarity.fm and contact me through there. Find my name and contact me through there. Just look up Gregory. And lastly, please subscribe to The Awakened Man and post an honest review. We are the most reviewed MGTOW Red Pill channel out there. And the most episoded, if that's a word. Also, please subscribe and post an honest review for the Female Holistic Health Apothecary and Confessions of an Obese Child, my two other channels. Thank you very much. God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. 
subscribe, and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. Attributed to Nine Inch Nails.